everyone. Welcome to the Voice of My Beloved podcast, where we believe that hearing and obeying the voice of the bridegroom king leads to the most abundant and joy-filled life. I'm Aaron Hood. I've got Braden Waller here, and it has been way too long. Um, Braden has been, it's been almost six months since we've done a podcast, him, him and I. He's done a couple um, since then, um, but it's good to be back. And um, Braden and I, we're warmed up. We're going to jump right into it. Um, we just did a whole podcast and didn't record it, and so um, <laughs> we're we're warmed up. We're ready to go. We've just been having a great time here. I don't know if any of y'all have ever done that, um, but um, somebody somewhere heard that, and it went up into the heavens, uh, that beautiful podcast that we did <laughs> without ever uh, <clears throat> recording it onto the uh, SD card, but uh, no crying over spilt milk. Let's get gear. <laughs> oh, man, the Lord, you know. He moves in mysterious ways. But we got a few things that uh, we want to just mention quickly. Uh, yet a little while. Quickly, Braden, what was, what's the Yet a Little While project? We've been working on this project for the past five, six months. Uh, even I mean, before that, we've been singing some of these songs for years. Uh. Uh, but straight out of the New Testament, a lot of them are straight out, are, are there, a lot of them have this heart of getting ready for the coming king. Mm. Uh, the, the title one, Yet a Little While, and He Who Is Coming Will Come. Right. And so just these verses that are really encouraging us to get ready, you know, get uh, get prepared, he's coming. Amen. All right. So Yet a Little While is uh, going to be in the next couple months uh, available. Hoping it'll be out in the next couple months, yeah, yes. Keep, um, out on Spotify, I believe, is Extravagant Love, which has been out since last year, um, but is an amazing resource, really great songs, a lot of originals by Braden and and uh, some from Tally are mostly all originals that you've written. I know some of them. Tally are. has always helped me write Tally, songs. Always. <laughs> yeah, Got to give out much. the credits for Tally. She's listening. <laughs> Make sure that Tally knows that she is um, the the backbone. <laughs> 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 and uh, so that's um, two music things that have been going on that we've been putting out here lately. Braden just finished uh, or published. I guess you've been working on this for a couple of years, but the um, a Zionist trail guide to the Psalms of Ascent. It's a little booklet. It goes through the Psalms of Ascent, kind of what we've been kind of unpacking each psalm. Um, and it's an easy, nice little read. I mean, it's probably six inches by four inches. Um, nice looking cover, and uh, it's got a foreword in it uh, by Troy Schaefer, a good friend of yours uh, from where? where are they Michigan. At? Up from Michigan. And um, so it's a great book, great resource. And you can also get that on the website, loveandpurity.com. We have our Above Rubies event coming up every year. We've been doing this for the past, what, three years, four years? Something like that, yeah. And uh, been a great time. Nancy and Colin Campbell have been coming out and doing a, a retreat with us for over the weekend, uh, strengthening families and uh, just pouring into uh, the the nucleus of our faith, like just how we are a um, example, how we are a light unto the world in our families. Right? It's what the Lord says, you know, if we can't get it right with our brothers, then we just ain't going to be much help. Mm-hmm. And so our families, or strengthening families, husbands and, and wives in this generation and this culture that is so desirous and just, I mean, hammering the families and identity of children and all of these things, it's, it's going to be a great time. It's going to be something that we really oppress here at Love and Purity. We are all about that, being uh, strengthened as a family and prepared to do um, the Lord's work together as a family. So that's August 18th through the 20th. Yeah. I experienced one of uh, my first time ever. I experienced a a Campbell family devotion oh, wow. when I was there at just this past couple of weeks. I'd always heard him talk about it, you yeah. know, family devotions and how this is so important, but I, we actually got to participate in one and it was great. Oh, I, yeah. I love how much Colin and Nancy love the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, <laughs> ah. 
so so in love with the bible yeah, so I, in love with god they inspire me just as far as like references like i grew up in the bible read a lot of the bible if i hear something I'm like oh yeah that's in the bible or i can even say yeah that's somewhere but man the reference the, the book references and scriptures and verses man they've got it in there locked in and it's uh inspiring it really is you know yeah and so in their 80s they're still pressing on you know and um a needed part of uh building passing on really we were worshiping the other day and we're just praying for that the lord would raise up the next generation yes Uh, nancy and colin campbell's people that are just zealous for the lord to see the kingdom built that the scripture is their uh guide and uh are filled with power endued with power and full of spirit so we just are praying that 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 would be uh, soon that they that someone would take up that mantle um also harpin farm uh, our discipleship program we just came out of the last three months was been was great i mean it was um we did uh, we learned a lot Braden and i and then uh, us here at love and period staff we um getting up at five in the morning and going to bed at 10 o'clock at night and running the whole time in between i mean just um trying to get stuff into the ground doing classes um, farm classes and every once in a while you know doing a little swimming trip you know um (laughs) but um so it's been it was been really good and so we're trying to get ready got geared up it's up on the website i I guess it is it's gone out at any rate on wherever our stuff goes out i'm guessing um you can look up loveandpurity.com and see what's on there but august 24th through october 24th is going to be our next um two months two months program you can come for one month or two months is that what we're saying at this point okay you can come for one month or two months um, you know, two months gonna be the best. You, know, you got to come for two months. You know, <laughs> it's gonna be when you're the full package. You know, and um, so look that up. Eighteen to thirty young people that really want to get grounded in worship and grounded in the ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to be grounded faithfully in the faith and physically. You want to get low. You want to get down on the ground. You come to Harper Farm, and we're gonna. We're gonna cover you in dirt. It's <laughs> great. We're gonna have a great time just rolling in the dirt, <laughs> rolling in the dirt, because God says, "Low, I'm with you always." Oh yeah. So low to the ground. We want to be earthed, grounded. <laughs> All right. So, Hallelujah. We're pressing on. We're in Psalm 132. Braden, take it away. We're at verse eight, and give us a little bit of background. What do we just come? What's the verse? Yeah. Prior? What are we? What are we talking about? Context. Psalm 132 is just a powerful psalm speaking of God's love for Jerusalem, his covenant. And, and really, it captures this dialogue between God and man. And in the beginning, it looks like David is just you know saying, God, I want to find a, a dwelling place for you. I'm not going to give slumber to my eyes, sleep to my eyelids. Uh, I'm going to be you know looking for this dwelling place for you. And then partway into about midway god breaks in and said yes this is my desire bam <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like <laughs> the, the heart that david had is something that is god saying yes and that's my heart too yeah. i want to dwell here is here i will dwell for i have desired it right and so verse eight we're right here and it's saying arise O lord to your resting place you and the ark of your strength and so it's continuing on this theme of god i want you it's this prayer god i want you to come and set up your dwelling place in Jerusalem, arise to your resting place. This is your, you've been wandering around, you've been wandering through the wilderness, going through Shiloh, Kiryat Jerim, even had a little stint in Obed Edom's house. Mm. But now come to the resting place. You, you've been just going around all these different places, but let the ark come to its resting place. Yeah, I mean, even in the wilderness, right? I mean, just like from place to place, the tabernacle, you know, was moving around and it stayed in, in Shiloh for 369 years. Yeah. But that foundation was stone, but yet, it never was meant to be the place. 
Right. Right. We, we see that reference. You know, I was just, um, I think it's um, Deuteronomy. I don't want to get the reference wrong, but just talking about the Lord, that the, pla- the place that the Lord chooses. Right. Like you're going to go there. You're going to bring your offerings there. You're not going to worship idols anywhere that you go. You're going to bring your offerings to the place that the Lord chooses, the place that the Lord chooses, the place that the Lord chooses. And he chose Jerusalem. Right. And he said, come here. And David's like, Lord, this is where you're going to rest. And he, and then God's like, yes, this is the place. You know, like you're saying, David's like, come here. And the Lord's like, I've already been there, David. I was there before you were ever, you know, a twinkle in your mother's eye. <laughs> He's like, but yes, I'm, I'm affirming this. This is my will. Right. And, um, it's, and it's, it's been such, it's been such, you know, even in desolation, God's presence is there in the story of the Maccabees, but I'm not going to get too far on that because we've got some more to go here. So let's, let's, let's bring it back around. Yes. It's there, the resting place of the Lord. Yes. And so Solomon actually quotes this prayer verbatim, arise to your resting place. And so when he dedicates the temple saying, God come. And we see in that, if after that prayer, you know, God comes, he empower the people are laid out. Yeah. You know, it's a really, the prayer is answered. Wow. Verse 9, let your priest be clothed with righteousness and let your saints shout for joy. And I just love love this language of you know the being clothed and then this response of I'm shouting for joy. There's, a, there's this overflow of thankfulness, of mm. gratitude. God, you've clothed me. I was naked. I was ashamed. I was exposed. You came, clothed me with righteousness. Now let your saints shout for joy. Mm. There's this response. Amen. Yeah, I just love that. that, that in, in, in everything that the Lord does in your life, there should be a response. Right. There should be a, a immediate, if not immediate, soon after response on a f- welling up inside of you, a fullness that comes over you when God does a work in your life. Like right. there, there should definitely be fruits, right? That's what the scripture calls, I believe, right. fruits that are worthy, you know, fruits worthy of repentance, but fruits of righteousness. That's how the scriptures talk about that. And um, just to tag on quickly um, that this, uh, the joy, I think that that is something that the Lord has really been speaking to our little group here in our times of prayer and the references of this twice, it says shouting for joy, being clothed with the wellsprings of joy, just talking about how that comes from the inside. It comes from the spirit of God in us and it's completely um, unrelated to our circumstances. And that's where the Lord really wants us to um, be able to draw from him, really wants us to stay in that place of in the joy of the Lord is our strength regardless of our situation and our circumstances. Yeah. And that's a, that's a high calling, but man, there's so much power there. Mm-hmm. Amen. So just a few verses here about being clothed with righteousness. We got Isaiah 61, 10. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. And then tagging on to what you're saying there, if you go back to that chapter, it's talking about rejoicing mm. in that, in that being clothed. Yeah. That God, he's I even thinking back to Adam and Eve, you know, that here they've blown it yeah. and God's like, but I'll, I'll kill an animal and clothe you. I'll clothe you. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's just this powerful message that God keeps sending to humanity. I want to cover you. Mm-hmm. I want to clothe you. And so we got Second uh, Corinthians 6, 7, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. And then we got Revelation 19, 8, and to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. So let your priest be clothed with righteousness. And I just think of the, the kingdom of priests that we're called to be, yeah. ministering to God, and we're, we're walking, we want to walk in righteousness, and, uh, and this is going to be a, such a beautiful thing that we're wearing these clothes of righteousness. Mm, amen, yeah, the idea that we are, you know, 
feeding the poor, you know, bringing in the, the uh, homeless and, and uh, ministering to those that, that have broken homes and broken families. You know, that's that's the righteous acts of the saints. You know, that's our response, right? right. As, as it were, this should be our response. Yeah. And uh, when when they ask us, why is it that you respond in such a way that is so unnatural? You know, it's because of our gratefulness to the Lord and because he has done great things for us, right. you know, and then just pointing to the Lord. It's by it's our hands open the door. You know, it's like we sometimes feel like we need to gain somebody's ear on a whim that we don't know. When in reality, our hands need to make the way for us to gain their ear, to to empower the message, to strengthen the message that there's there's meat behind. You know what we're saying. You know, our right. our hands need to go before us. You know. Mm-hmm. What's that saying? It says, you know, do something, and if you need to say something, or, or it's it, it's from uh, Saint Francis of Assisi. He said, "Preach the gospel, and if you have to, use words." There you go. <laughs> yeah. I can't can't say it any better than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so going on now, we got verse ten. For your servant David's sake, do not turn away the face of your anointed. The Lord has sworn in truth to David; he will not turn from it. I will set upon your throne the fruit of your body. And so this concept that this psalm is saying, for your servant David's sake, do this. Uh, this concept is throughout the Bible. We've got a few instances I want to read here. When the Assyrians come up against Jerusalem, this is 2 Kings 19. It says, for I will defend this city to save it for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake. And it came to pass on a certain night that the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. So David's long gone. Yeah. And he's saying, for my own sake and for my servant David's sake, I'm going to come in and defend the city. Mm. Then Abiam, when he was king, it says, Nevertheless, for David's sake, the Lord his God gave him a lamp in Jerusalem by setting up his son after him and by establishing Jerusalem. It's First Kings 15. And then God rebuked Solomon. So this is an instance of, you know, here he is messed up, mm. and but yet he's he still got some favor because of his father. And so we got First Kings 11. It says, However, I will not tear away the whole kingdom I will give one tribe to your son for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. Then one last one here is the second Kings eight. This is about Jehoram. Yet the Lord would not destroy Judah for the sake of his servant David, as he promised him to give a lamp to him and his sons forever. So over and over again, we see that God is favoring Jerusalem. He's holding back judgment for David's sake. Yeah. It's an amazing concept. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a, and I think it really testifies to the um, relationship that that David, his heart of wanting, his heart being in line with with God's heart when it came to um, the resting place. Really, you know, David was right. a, not a um, he was not a perfect man, didn't walk perfectly before the Lord, but his zeal, his heart captured uh, it encapsulated the Lord's desire to dwell with us, like mm-hmm. from the very beginning in Eden. He said, you know, I want to dwell with you. This is what I want to do. And David's like. He somehow sensed that with his his shepherd background and, right. and the anointing that was on him, he sensed that it was his place or his role to to bring about God's wish to dwell with the people. And so he built it like he was like so in, involved in this that when even when God said, You're not gonna build it, your son will, he's like, Well, I'm gonna do everything I can. I'm gonna gather all the gold and, and everything that's available. I'm gonna start making treaties with these guys that have the woods and different stuff like that. He was laid the groundwork right. um, for Solomon to do um, the actual work. But I think it, that when we, 
if we can can catch that and and get on board with what the Lord is doing and uh, cease building our own kingdoms, like many kings, and we're building our kingdoms. You know, we're we're miniature. Every one of us, you know, we're called to be kingdoms of priests, but we have this ability to build, and we well, a lot of times we use that to build our own kingdoms for our own name. And he's saying it's it's for my glory and for my fame. And if you'll get behind that, mm-hmm. then I will be, you know, I will bless your name. You know, he, so David, he's, you know, the line of our Christ, the, the Messiah, the, the God made flesh. Right. Came through this man because he was able to capture and because he was able to uh, understand what is the Lord's heart and his position and role and, and walk in that. It's, it's, it's super powerful. You know, I think David mm-hmm. is uh, one of the few that we ever, we see that in scripture in, in history, really. Yeah. Yeah, and going along with that, Peter, on the day of Pentecost, he, he says, Acts 2.29, Men and brethren, let me speak freely unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne, he, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Messiah. And so, Basically, uh, just a paraphrase of Psalm 132. Yeah. You know, this oath that he's made. He's going to set upon his throne the fruit of his body. Peter is very familiar with Psalm 132. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. he almost quotes it exactly here. Yeah. Uh, but he sees, Peter sees the Messiah as a fulfillment of Psalm right. 132. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I'm just thinking about Mary when she says, My soul magnifies the Lord, for all nations shall call me blessed. Like she also understood a, the role. Like that was was coming to being in, in part. Right. You know, I think they they completely understood the physicality of it, expecting that he would deliver them from the Romans. You know, and and he fulfilled in in, in reality he fulfilled the salvation of our souls and the the deliverance. The judgment is coming, um, but the she also recognized and, and knew that she called back on that oath. She's like, oh, what you swore to your David, you know, and every single person that right. that came to him and acknowledged. Yeshua as um, the Messiah, they they made that connection to David, oh, the son of David. You know, we see right. that all through mm-hmm. the New Testament, um, and so they they were very well aware also of this yeah. um, lineage, this blessing that was on David. Yeah, and in, in, in that they're expecting the physical reign, in, the reign on the, the earth reign, that's all connected. Just like David, I, I think they really expected it to be just like the the times mm-hmm. of David when they were at peace with their, their enemies. Their enemies were subdued and that they you know were the temple was built maybe not in david's time but it was soon after Mm -hmm. they anticipated um that you know and some of the prophecies talk of that you know in the and so that's that's what they were looking for that's what they're seeing but they they failed to understand the that it had to go out to the nations and that those who would come could be a part of that kingdom you know it was no longer just a judean or um descendants physical descendants of israel you know we've got we got Cornelius, we've got Samaritan women, we've got, you know, all, the Lord is bringing in, you know, the nations to be a part mm-hmm. of this kingdom, and it's going to be more about the soul. But, you know, it definitely will be a physical reign, but he came to seek and save the lost heart and soul. Yeah. Amen. Beautiful. Go on to verse 12. It says, If your sons will keep my covenant and my testimony, which I shall teach them, their sons also shall sit upon your throne forevermore. So there's this conditional throneship you know if you if your sons will keep it then they'll be able to sit on the throne uh it looks like at this point in verse 12 uh if your sons will keep my covenant it, god 
jumps in through his spirit and is speaking through the psalmist. And and the, and the scribe, whoever may, I'm just visualizing, he's sitting over on the side writing down what this psalmist is now speaking first person for God. Because mm. he's saying, you know, my covenant, my testimony, God's saying this. Mm. And from there on out in the, in the chapter, it's uh, it's primarily, I believe, God speaking. Yeah, I feel like God might have given me a little bit of overactive imagination, but I can just see the scribe's eyes widening, you know, getting <laughs> wider and wider as he's just riding down with this psalmist is now prophesying he's like whoa this is all you know what is this you know this is amazing you know what yeah. that would look like what that would have been like to to see that in in the, in the spiritual realm and how real that is right well it's cool even as we touched on earlier you know because some of the stuff is actually answered the first half is a, or some of this request let your priest be clothed with righteousness let your saints mm -hmm. shout for joy is actually an answer in the second half yeah so like there's this prayer that goes up and then god answers right. in the psalm with this Yes, well, it seems it's like going to happen. Right same time, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like that was quick, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, yeah, here we see the heart of God for generational blessing. That you know, it's to be from you know son to son. God desires it to go on and through generations, um, but it's only if they keep it. And it's interesting. You look at the history, the lineage of Judah, and you think it would actually have stopped earlier, mm. uh, because a lot of these kings. You know, look at Manasseh. He's just totally wicked mm -hmm. and yet he's it's still carrying on um pretty amazingly and and we're just we're thinking about this about how long-suffering god is yeah you know because in our own human mind we're thinking this guy's sacrificing his children it seems like it's just to be done now right yeah <laughs> lord yeah he's given up you know he's not going to make it lord he's you know he's it's he's we should change something, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know in our times you know i could just see like the people of the nation of israel you know those praying like that prayer of David, you know, how long, oh Lord, you know, are you going to, like, you, right. you, how long, you know, uh -huh. are we going to endure this, you know, and, and we've been, we have a time of prayer, and it's, it's, all this is connecting in my mind, because we, we have um, a time where we pray for the government, you know, authority, right. and and uh, it's it's not an easy thing to pray for someone who, who rejects God, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it just um, seems to be completely... Um, devoid of a spiritual understanding at all, and um, and yet God asks us to do that, you know, and even for uh, Manasseh, you know, maybe less so in that season, but in our time, you know, Christ can change anyone. Right. Like, that's the power of the gospel. That's the really, you know, some would say, you know, which is easier, you know, to part the Red Sea or to change the heart of a man, and, and I don't honestly know. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, so I th there's such a... That's why I think our our testimony is so powerful because it's a story of how God changed the heart of man, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and it can be rock hard, you know, yeah. and some some men, but God can can just can mold it, you know. He has yes. his ways of breaking us down and building us back up, and um, so they're crying out, saying, "Lord, you know, how long?" And yet, God, for His servant David's sake, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, He goes on, says it in these couple of verses. There's this element of that. For David's sake. Right. Yeah. The, just the, the sheer fact that Judah, the kingdom of Judah, outlasts the kingdom of Israel by 100, uh, roughly 147 years. Mm. There's this lingering blessing blessing that, that David leaves. And, and two, you know, you look at the lineages, the kings, there's much more good kings of Judah. There weren't any really good kings of Israel. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so that makes it, but it, it, Judah's exile is 586, which is a really good 
date to know. Mm. And if you're out there listening, I just encourage you maybe just to even get a paper out and just write 586, 586, 586, you know, just to kind of <laughs> drill it into your mind because it's really going to help you in understanding the prophets that prophesied up to the captivity. Some prophesied during the captivity, the Babylonian captivity, and some prophets prophesied after the captivity. Mm. And so just that date, 586 is kind of like the, the central date to know right. as far as understanding which, you know, what prophets we're prophesying when right. and so it gives you context yeah it helps you kind of put it into a grid of like okay these guys prophesied then it kind of helps understand their prophecies right uh and so that's a really good date to know 586 but judah's exile and the babylonian exile 586 israel is about 733 so about a 147 year difference and yeah but god is just long suffering for david's sake they just had this continued blessing yeah amen that the, that the lord was so um, moved by david and you know he is covenant was conditional right he said you know if your sons will right. keep my covenant he could have you know the first time you know the solomon rehoboam right then been like okay i'm done with david right but he wasn't right he held on uh-huh. because he made a covenant with david mm-hmm. and you know his sons didn't follow in his footsteps but that didn't change the fact that david had the the right heart before god right and uh, we can do all that we want all that we can but it's going to be up to our children to carry it on. Like there's a, uh, a, a frightening aspect of that. And at the same level, a, a refreshing aspect of that, mm-hmm. that our children can, can carry something on, but it has to be something that they themselves feel right. Or they themselves have experienced. Mm-hmm. And that puts a lot of weight on us as parents to how to facilitate that. How do we facilitate our children feeling the presence of God? Mm-hmm. We can do everything that we, we know, but in reality, it's God's empowering. Like it's and to pray for that and to be about blessing your children. It's a little side note. Yeah. But you know, did David bless his children? You know, was he uh, his example? You know, we know that quite a few of his children actually tried to kill him right. or, or were ready for him to be gone. You know, so um, there's an aspect that we can learn from that and um, yeah, it, uh, invest into our children and pray mm-hmm. that um, it's a, it will go generationally. That you know, we won't lose any of our children. That we won't have mm-hmm. this continual children falling away. Mm-hmm. If it happens, you know, then it won't be by our choice, and won't be any, by any right. lack of our own. Right. But um, to know that the Lord calls each person individually, mm-hmm. and they have to make the decision to walk in that, is slightly refreshing and slightly concerning. Yes, <laughs> yeah. you know, for us and our who are getting along in our our years, you know, are are established in the faith we could almost wish that we could just mark them, you know, just like tattoo something <laughs> yeah. or you know, maybe not tattoo. Okay. Nobody stone, throw any stones. No, I'm not, not for that, but uh, mark our children for that. Like in, in a way to where they couldn't even bucket off if they wanted to, you know, uh-huh. we, we would want to do that based upon our, our reality, but the Lord um, created them in his image. And yeah. there, there's a, uh, an element that they themselves uh, must come come to that. Yeah. So may the Lord strengthen us as mm-hmm. parents to, to help our children, press our children up to that place. Yes. Yes. In closing, I just want to share a few verses, just pointing out there's, there's, there's a handful of verses in the Bible that talk about if you do this, then God will do this. And so just let's look at a few of these Deuteronomy four twenty nine. but from there you will seek the Lord, your God, and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and all your soul. Then John 15, 14, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. So here we see friendship is conditional. We've got to mm. walk, we got to do what he commands us. 
uh, Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth Yeshua as Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So this condition, confess with your mouth. Mm. If you do this, you'll be saved. First mm. uh, John three twenty one, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. So I just pray that all of us will be able to embrace the the obedience of, of these passages say, yes, I want to receive that blessing. I want to have a, a heart that's confident toward God. And yeah, so just encourage all of you out there listening, embrace the blessing. Man, I'm, I'm just thinking that's probably one of the biggest two-letter words I've ever heard in my life. Yes. If it changes everything, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. if you do, it's like, that's a big, you know, that's a big little word. <laughs> um, so the, yes, be encouraged. Um, we're going to be back next week, God willing, and the creek don't rise. Uh, again, yet a little while is going to be coming up. Be looking out for that in the next couple of months. The Psalm of Ascent book is on our website, uh, loveandpurity.com. The Above Rubies, August 18th through the 20th, and our Harpen Farm uh, discipleship coming up August 24th through October 24th. Uh, come and be a part. God bless you, friend. And um, there were, this is Friday. We're getting ready to go into Shabbat, so Shabbat Shalom to you. And uh, blessings uh, from here. And um, may the Lord give us uh, ears to hear. And uh, hearts to understand and to walk in um, God's heart and that we could be blessed and, and have a legacy like David. So blessings to you. This is the voice of a beloved podcast where we believe that hearing and obeying the voice of the bridegroom king leads to the most abundant and joyful life. Yeshua, Shalom. I love you and I want to love you. Yeshua, my